finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, I went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Jennifer. Welcome to Finances and Open Enrollment. I'm Jennifer and I'm here with Kathy. Today is all about benefit plans during open enrollment. We'll go over health and dental, 401ks and spending accounts. So you can sign up for your health care, your flexible spending, your health savings and dental. Generally, you do that in the fall for the next year, but it could be at any time. So you need to make sure to check with your company because you need to make sure that you enroll within their window. If you do not, you will not get those kinds of coverages for the next year. The beauty of it is... That's right. So lots of companies actually are having open enrollment right now. So it may be something that you are looking into at this time. Uh, it's also available when you have qualified for certain life events. So that could be marriage, divorce, birth of a child or adoption. It could also be for loss of health care, either like maybe your spouse lost their job. So you would need to add them onto your health care and you could do that at any time. Or maybe if one of your children turns 26, they lose being able to be on their parents' health care. They can qualify to enroll in a new health care plan. Uh, it could also be for loss of Medicaid or Medicare or death or even moving to a new zip code, which is one I had not heard before. And you, the beauty of all this open enrollment is that you don't need any evidence of being insurable. Just part of your company, by having this open enrollment time, you are able to get health insurance with them. Your vision plan? I was actually made aware of something recently. A friend was telling me that you could potentially enroll in two different vision plans because often vision plans will pay for either a new set of glasses or contacts for a year, but not both. But if you were on two plans, then you could potentially get new glasses in new contacts that year. And since vision plans are typically pretty inexpensive, then that could be something that you could potentially enroll in like you and your spouse. You could enroll in your, your own vision plan and be on your spouse's plan as well. So as we looked into that more, we found that it's called, it's actually called coordination of benefits. And so it's not just for vision. You can actually be on two healthcare plans like your spouse and and your own yourself, your plan would be considered your primary plan, which would pay 100% of your care that that your plan covers up to 100% of what they cover. And then your secondary plan would be your spouse's plan. And that would pay the remaining amount up to 100% of what is left and what they would cover. So for example, if your doctor bill that you owe is $100, then your primary insurance plan could pay 50% of that. If they pay $50, then your secondary plan will kick in and they will pay up to 100% of whatever they cover in the situation. So this doesn't mean that you will have to pay nothing. It just kind of, it just depends on what, what is offered. So you could still end up paying something out of pocket in these situations. If they both pay a hundred percent of whatever your doctor visit was, you cannot apply to both of them. In other words, if, it, if one of them pays that $50, then when you apply to the other one, they'll pay up to 100% of what's left to be paid. You're not going to be making money by by using two different plans. Right. Yes. And so this is something that, you know, you want to think about your own medical expected medical expenses and kind of do your research on both plans that you're looking into to see how much they are going to pay in order to determine if this is something that would be worthwhile for you and your family. So some other reasons to consider this or some other people that might qualify for this kids and they could be on either parents plans or even if their parents are divorced then the kids could be on both mom and dad's plans 
plans. If your kids are under 26, then they can still be on your plan and also could be on like their own employer's plan at that point as well. And also if you have VA or military TRICARE plans, along with another jobs healthcare plan, you could potentially be on too in those situations. Another thing that you're going to be able to sign up for is your 401k plan. You should be able to sign up for that at any time and make changes to your plan, but it's a nice thing to make sure that you're enrolled in it if you haven't been enrolled for some reason. And just as a reminder, 401k plans are those plans that grow tax deferred, which means that you get to lower your salary income, not paying any income taxes until you take that money back out again. You'll be conceivably making a smaller salary, which makes your income taxes lower, and you'll be paying less taxes by enrolling in this. Plus, you're saving towards your retirement and getting this money back out when you need it. In 2020, you can contribute up to $19,000 Five hundred dollars, or up to the amount that you make, whichever is lower. So, if you make seventeen thousand dollars, you could conceivably contribute up to seventeen thousand dollars, but not to exceed nineteen thousand five hundred. Your company may match up to a certain percent, and you want to take advantage of that because that is just free money. So, for example, if your company matches, let's say, up to five percent of what you are also putting in, then right there, you put in five percent, they would match your five percent, and that's ten percent. You want to aim for a total of 15%. So maybe you put in seven or 8% and then they match up that five. And that's again, 15% of what your salary is. Kathy mentioned that your company, you should be able to change your 401k contributions throughout the year, not just during open enrollment time. But if for some reason you aren't looking at it at other times during the year, this is a good time to think about, you know, if you got a raise this year, then you might want to bump up your contribution. So it's a good reminder to just keep adding as much money as you can through the 401k. You're going to need to make some choices here when it comes to where to invest. Choose a retirement date fund, which starts off with more stocks than bonds. It's more aggressive. And then over the years, move to a less aggressive fund to be safe for retirement. So the fund itself will move it from aggressive to less aggressive or safer. And that's part of its plan is that it starts off when you're young and your retirement date is very far away. It will be very aggressive. In other words, put more money into stocks. And then over the years, the fund itself will be managed and it will become less and less aggressive. You don't have to be responsible for that. Uh, You can also, in some cases, choose your own mutual funds and do, but you want to do a little research on this and understand what's involved in choosing your own funds. If you're not sure, you can put some money in a retirement date fund and a little in your in your own choices and watch the performance of those. So time is the key here. The longer you invest, the more money you'll make. You know, so the earlier you start as well, the more you're going to make. You can also listen to our 401k and 403b podcast from February 19th or our stocks and bonds podcast from May 9th for more information on those topics. So another thing you can think about right now is flexible spending accounts. And what that is, is you're planning for some specific out-of-pocket healthcare costs. These are pre-tax dollars. So it's taken out before anything else from your paycheck. And then it is put into an account for you and it is not taxed when you spend it, which means you are saving all of that tax money. You will allocate a certain amount of dollars towards your flexible spending account and then spend from that. There's actually a flexible spending account for childcare 
And there's a flexible spending account for medical expenses. So if you know that you're going to have a root canal in the coming year or something like that is coming up, you might want to go ahead and allocate either the entire amount because a root canal is expensive or whatever amount you're, you know, you believe you're going to be spending. They're going to pull that money out. And again, let's just use $2,000 as an example. If you ask to have that $2,000 allocated to your flexible spending account, they will remove that from your paycheck in small increments over the year. So over those 12 months, so 2000 divided by 12, and then you will be able to use that pre-tax towards whatever it is, the medical procedure or the daycare that you are, that you're planning on. One of the nice things is that you can sign up for that. And if your plan is like a January one start, you can tell them to start taking it out. But on January one, you can have that root canal. You don't have to wait until it's been fully funded. They know they're taking that money out of your account. So you can go ahead and spend that $2,000 immediately if it's covered. You're going to want to make sure though, it sounds amazing, but you want to make sure that you spend it or you'll lose it. So you don't want to just say, hey, I'll take $2,650 a year on my flexible spending account because it's the most I can. Because if you don't spend that $2,600, you're going to lose it. Now you can spend it on um, non-covered prescriptions, co-pays, other types of big medical things that are coming up or surgeries or whatever that you're planning on. Many plans now, though, will allow you to roll over $500 to the next year. So they realize that people are not using this because they were worried about not being able to spend it all, or maybe they're, you know, they they ended up not getting eyeglasses or or whatever the thing is. And so the flexible spending company said, hey, you know what, we're going to allow you to roll over up to $500. You're going to check with your company and make sure that's true for you. But it's, it's becoming more and more popular so that people will at least put money into these accounts. Again, you can allocate up to $2,650 for a year. But your spouse can also allocate $26.50 a year. You have more money. If you know, again, something big's coming up, you can apply that towards whatever medical life event you've got coming up or childcare. So again, there is another one that you can open for your children's daycare or I think tuition as well. Have to check into that. Definitely for their daycare. And that way you can already have put aside about $5,000 towards that cost. There's also something called an HSA, which is the which is a health spending account. And it's sort of like a 401k, but for your health care. So it can also be set up now during open enrollment if you have what's called a high deductible health plan. HSA is the money here is also pre-tax dollars. And this money can be invested, can be invested if your custodian allows it. So it grows tax-free, which is great for every dollar you don't spend. Once you're 65 and enrolled in Medicare, you can no longer contribute but you can still use this money on medical expenses. That's a good thing about this. This isn't a use it or lose it situation like the FSA. If you use this money for non-medical expenses, then you are going to pay income tax on that amount. And you could potentially pay and a penalty if you're under 65. Like we said, it is kind of like a 401k, so you can use it for other things. But if you do use it for other things, for something other than medical expenses, then you will be taxed on it. The beauty of this is that that HSA, like Jennifer just said, it just grows and grows and grows. It's not a use or lose, which means that if you start putting money into this as you're younger and you're not really having a lot of medical conditions, that money is being invested. Sometimes your custodian will allow you to choose where to invest it. Sometimes they choose for you, but that money will grow. And of course, over the years, 
after retirement, you're probably going to need medical money, you know, for your health. And so that money will have been growing and be tax free when you're using it towards medical care. So it's a it's a terrific thing. You cannot open it though if you are not part of a high deductible health care plan. If you're not part of a high deductible health plan, you're, it's not going to be an option for every single company if they're offering something that's not the high deductible. We also did a whole podcast on HSA and FSA back on August 1st. So we have even more information there if you're curious to hear more about those. You want to make sure that you are carefully comparing the costs of plans and the coverages that they offer. You might want to sit down and compare what are the deductibles for your plans with your spouse or what are your doctor choices or where are the locations for those doctors? Look at the copays. Are your copays the same or is there a big difference if one is a copay of $5 and one's a copay of 20 and you have kids and you're going to be at the doctor a lot? That might be a reason to choose one plan over another or that might be where you say, hey, there's a $20 discrepancy and we we know with our kids, we're going to go to the doctor seven times. And then you open that flexible spending account, put 20 times seven or however many times you think you'll visit. And then you can spend down from that and save that tax money there. You also want to make sure to compare the plans for whatever services they offer, ERs, ambulances, whatever equipment they're going to provide. So it, you're going to have to take a little bit of time to compare these. If you're looking at both plans at the same time, you can kind of compare apples to apples and look and see which one's better for you. Jennifer mentioned that her plan requires her to be on her plan and her husband's plan requires him to be on his plan. But it sounds like they might also be able to add the other person if they want to have a secondary account for them if they feel like doing that. I know that for myself, I've always been in a situation where as a family, we would choose one plan, one company or the other. We didn't have to individually be on a plan by ourselves and then figure out what we're going to do with the kids. Yeah. And even though it was required for each of us to be on our own healthcare plan, we could be on each other's dental or vision if we chose that. The Affordable Care Act opens its marketplace from November 1st through December 15th. So this is Obamacare. Costs less for households with income between between 100% to 400% of federal poverty levels. Those levels start at $12,760 for a single, and it steps up. The, the amount steps up for the number of people that are in your home. But again, that's a very low income level. If your company's not offering you health care of some kind, you're going to want to look into the affordable health care and figure out if that's the right thing for you. Some plans actually have something that's called a cafeteria plan where you have multiple options, additional options that you can choose from. So these could be things like legal services or even identity theft was offered on mine recently as well. Pet insurance, accident insurance, adoption assistance, and group term life insurance. So you should definitely see if your company offers any of these fun options as well. And today I just had to take my cat to the vet because her face is all ruined from some creature. Maybe I would consider pet insurance as well. We're going to also encourage you to consider combining your open enrollment annually with making an appointment to see your financial planner. Maybe that's a thing where you think to yourself, I have to enroll in these medical plans because they can also help you look at what's the best kinds of plans in terms of your whole financial picture and get their advice. And then also check up on all of your financial considerations at the same time. It will be well worth your investment to see what they believe is the best options for you on your 401ks and they can help you with which programs to invest in as well as looking at all aspects of your financial life and help you with that. Yeah, that's good advice. That's a great time to, to talk to your financial planner about all of this. Anything else? That's all. 
Thank you for listening to Finances and Open Enrollment. We know you chose to listen today and we're grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share and consider leaving a review because it helps us bring financial education to others and it lets them find us more easily. Please let us know what questions you'd like answered at our website at financesand.net. That's where you can find the infographics on these topics as well as here in the show notes. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult a tax, accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to.